not just a belief of mine. It's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, Discovering Your Core and Also Your Gift Is Your Niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. I'm Patricia Noldrain, your host for the call. And, you know, I, I love doing podcasts. It's just such a fun time for me. And I love getting the guests that are coming on each time. But I, a couple of weeks ago, I had this major aha about my podcast. I realized I'm interviewing all entrepreneurs, all solopreneurs, and I guess it's because that's who I am. And all of a sudden, I thought, well, what a disservice you're doing. Why a disservice? Because 84% of the workforce is not me. <laughs> I'm just that other side of it. And so I thought, okay, I've got to at least let them be represented because they're out there utilizing their gifts, their skills, their talents, but they're in a corporate atmosphere and they're still making a difference and they're still making money, making a profit. So I decided, okay, I've got to definitely have people representing that particular group of people. And so my first interview is with someone representing the 84% of the workforce and her name is Noelle Mirada. Now, Noelle is really special to me because I want you to think about this. How many people do you know in your whole life that you've known since they were just days old? It's not a lot of people, but I've known Noelle since she was a days old. And Here's the thing. I've had the privilege of watching Noelle grow into this beautiful, successful businesswoman, also grow into being the best daughter you can be, the greatest niece I have, a wife of a, a wonderful wife, I think your husband would agree, and the mom of two people who I adore. Now, here's the thing about Noelle, just so that you understand who I'm interviewing. She's the gal that when you have a problem, she'll find the solution for you. One way or the other, she'll find it. She's my phone-a-friend. Huh. I'm just phoning you up now, Noelle. Help me welcome my niece, my beautiful niece, Noelle Murata. Thank you, Aunt Patricia. <laughs> that does sound funny, doesn't it, to call me Aunt Patricia on this podcast. But I love interviewing my family because they're so fun. They're just such wonderful people. And not a lot of people can say that about their family. So, Noelle, I'm dying to hear what you're going to say because I know so many stories about you. But tell everybody what you were like as a little girl. Well, thank you. That's such an interesting question. It's hard to remember what I was like, so I kind of have to go back into my memory source and dig back into my first day of kindergarten is really what st stood out to me. 
And I remember going in that first day being so excited. And I had met a girl named Shannon and we were friends that day and we had so much fun, had a wonderful first day of school. Then I went in to go the next day to school and Shannon wasn't talking to me. All of a sudden, Shannon was not my friend. (laughs) So I met another girl that day named Jessie and I went up to her and I said, hi, I'm Noelle. Would you like to be my friend? And Jessie said, yes, I would. And I said, would you like to be my friend forever? Because I did not want to have to restart the whole friendship process (laughs) all over the next day. So I made her sign up day one. And we actually have been friends for a long, long time from that day forward. So I thought that was a good glimpse into, I was a very literal kid and I took people at face value. Uh You said you're going to be my friend. You better (laughs) sign up for the long haul. That's funny. Are you talking Jesse that came to Arizona? Yes. Oh, for heaven's sake. That's great. You have long, long relationships with people. Noelle, you have to tell the story because she is so literal. She is a very analytical little girl. And so I just wonder if you'd tell the story about the unicorn. Yeah, I can tell that one. I was I was a unicorn. I'm trying to remember how old I was. I probably was around five or six years old when I was a un- unicorn for <laughs> Halloween. And my mom had made me a beautiful unicorn uh, Halloween outfit that had the hat that connected with the horn. And I just thought it was the most magical thing. I was so excited. While we were building our way up to Halloween, anytime we would stop at a stoplight, my mom would say, Noelle, tell, uh, tell me what you're going to be for Halloween. And I would say, I'm going to be a magical unicorn. And immediately the light would turn green. So I thought I definitely had some special powers. Then the next light we would go to, I go, mom, ask me, ask me what I'm going to be. Ask me what I'm going to be. She said, wait, wait, no, we don't want to overuse it. Let's, let's wait. And then, then she'd say, okay, in a while, what are you going to be for Halloween? And I'd say the magic unicorn. And there you go. And then the light would turn green and my powers were back again. (laughs) And we'd go through the light. Well, years later, when I learned to drive and started understanding the way traffic control worked, I realized that my mom would look at the other light and see, wait until it was amber. Then she would ask me, and then immediately the light would turn green. So she had it pretty dialed in, but that was a fun, magical Halloween, and I'll (laughs) never forget that. And don't you, did you say to your mom, I can't remember this or not, but did you say, are you telling me I'm not really a magical unicorn? I, I think it was kind of one of those things that you're telling me there's no magic in the world. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> where, why is this all taken away? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I love it. Well, Noel, I am so glad that I had this aha because I never would have interviewed you otherwise because I really was on this path of all entrepreneurs, all solopreneurs. And yes, I do love that because that's who I am. But it's so unfair and such a disservice to the 84% of the workforce, which is you making a big difference out there using your skills and still making a difference and a profit, you know? So I wondered, would you take us on your career journey? Yes, you bet. I, my career journey really started probably when I graduated from college, I had graduated in the area of finance and had done an internship as a financial advisor for American Express Financial Advisors. And at that point, I realized, okay, I don't want to be a financial advisor, but what do I do now with a finance degree? Where, What area do I want to move into? And I had just moved to Boise after graduation and started working at a bank called KeyBank that's downtown Boise. I loved it because it was downtown. We were kind of right in the middle of everything. And it was really a good start to 
more of a customer service based type industry. But I quickly found out banking wasn't really for me. I wanted something that was a little more exciting and had a little more change day to day. My dad had mentioned about a friend, friend of his in Boise that it was insurance. And he said, well, the guy I work out at the gym, he has a friend who owns or is the manager of one of the companies down there. You should go check it out. And the name of the company was Marsh. Unbeknownst to me, Marsh and McLennan agency is one of the largest brokerages in the world. But I went in and interviewed for this insurance job that I never really thought I would get into insurance, but I thought, why not? Went in and interviewed and I didn't get the job originally. It was a sales job and I did not have any experience in insurance. So I didn't get that job. But a couple months later, they called me back and said, we do have an opening in our customer service division. Would you be interested in being more of a client representative where you're doing more renewal books of business? And would you be able to come do that? And I said, for sure, why not? And we'll get this started. And that's really what got me into the insurance industry. And lo and behold, I would say probably six months later, that sales representative that they hired ended up leaving and I ended up getting that job. Hmm. So it all worked out in the end. And I've been in the medical malpractice insurance industry now for over 18 years. 14 of those years then were as an insurance broker selling medical malpractice insurance. And then the, over the last four years, I switched over to the carrier side working for the insurance carrier. And that, again, was kind of a connection-based referral. My old colleague that I'd worked with at Marsh, he was working at this company. Someone was getting ready to retire at the insurance carrier. And he said, would you like to handle the Northwest region? You wouldn't have to move. Would this be something of interest? And at that point, I was ready for a change, but I definitely did not want to leave the city where I was living with my family. It was perfect timing and a great person that I had worked with before. So I really trusted that relationship. And now I've been with that company for four years and, and truly enjoy it. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step -step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, Your Gift is Your Niche. So now I created a course called YourGiftIsYourNiche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E and in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I, I, don't, even, I don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course 
And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up? Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into an, what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life. That's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E. And if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. Oh, that's a great story. Now, Noel, do you use your your financial background in this particular position? It's funny. Not really. I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely we have to invoice and bill our clients. So there are some spreadsheets and premium kind of breakdowns that you have to look at. But really, we're not doing any balance sheets or anything that I probably learned in finance. Yeah, so the point I'm trying to make, and I try to make this almost on every call, every podcast, sometimes what we graduate in, what that degree is in, is not necessarily the the path we're going to go down. And I think right now I'm dealing with so many millennials and they're just, they're sick actually about it because they have these degrees that were very expensive to get. And now they're not in that area of, of business at all. And it's okay. I just am here to say it's okay if you graduate. My daughter said, are you upset that I'm not a social worker because she she has a sociology degree? No, uh-uh. you just go be what you're supposed to be. Now, did you ever think that you would be on this particular path? Oh, no. I no? We always joke that you hear when someone asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. It's a fireman. It's a policeman. It's a teacher. No one ever says, I want to be an insurance agency right. or an insurance agent, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. it's pretty rare to hear that one. Yeah. And because I don't know what you do, Noel, just kind of give, give us a bird's eye view of a day in your life. Well, so my job at this point is really connecting agents that sell medical malpractice insurance to our company. So I work with with them to make sure that they can get the policy information that they need, understand what our insurance company is all about, and really try to make it as seamless for them and the client, their client as well. The insurance agent is our client as well as the insured is our client. So it is kind of balancing all of that and making sure that we have the best customer service and the best client experience possible. Now, would, would you consider that a sales position? It, it is considered a sales position. Okay. It's just selling in a different capacity. Whereas before I was selling more direct to the consumer, in this case, I'm selling to a person who is selling to the consumer. I'm trying to push our product on them to sell to their, to their clients. Got it. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. I'll bet there's not one of us that said I'm going to be in sales for sure. And it's going to be a different kind of a vein of sales. What it's called is having a personality and what it's called is, is really having a relationship with people and then telling them about the opportunity that you have for them. That's all you're doing. Exactly. And that's wonderful. Just wonderful. You know, I, I love that you were open to being recruited. Not, not that, because that's the other thing I want to always be saying to people the day of being with the same company for 50 years and getting a gold watch is gone forever. But you have to be loyal to yourself and to your next opportunity that's out there in front of you. And so when that came by at the time, I'm sure you did not want to leave that first company, did you? 
I was ready at that point, but not enough to go look. So mm-hmm. the recruiting, right. like what you're saying, that recruiting could not have come at a better time. It just made it that much easier to leave. Yeah. And I just want people to be open to that because, you know, that that whole thing about, no, I've got to stay with this company. I've got to be loyal. I have to have security here. No, don't do that. Just always be asking yourself, what is right for me and my family at this time? It's okay to do that. I give you permission to. Now, Noel, as far as telling somebody else and giving advice to anybody that's out there looking, because there are a lot of people out there looking right now, actually, I I could not believe this statistic when I heard somebody say the other day, they'll get 250 to 400 resumes per job. They will call in six to eight people or do a group interview kind of with that. And then of course, they'll only bring in three for the final interview and have pick only one. So what advice would you give somebody to make sure that they're getting the right opportunity for themselves? Well, I think this kind of is in line with what you had mentioned earlier. A lot of times you pick your, you think you pick your track and the track that you're on has Mm -hmm. to be permanent for the rest of your life, whether it be what you decide your major to be or your first job outside of college or your first job outside of school, whatever that may be. When you're choosing a career, it doesn't always have to be, I think, your career at that point. And that's the hard piece to get over is it's okay to have a couple of trial and error pieces that try out a couple of different jobs. Maybe that's not going to be your long-term career, but if you try out a couple of things, then you start realizing what you are good at and what you truly enjoy. I loved that book with the strengths finder and to really go through what are your top two or top three talents that you naturally come by. And you can use those in almost any field. The weird what do you like doing and then find that position that you're already naturally good at. And that's kind of how I think that with, with the insurance, why it really stuck for me is a lot of this is problem solving, finding Mm -hmm. resolution and having that relationship. And it's really what I like to do already. So Mm -hmm. that it was just Mm -hmm. a natural fit, but it could be, it doesn't have to be insurance. That could be really any industry. You can find that same type of skill set. Yeah, you you really just nailed that. Uh, in fact, I was talking to a millennial yesterday, and he's he's really struggling because he didn't spend the time that you did on discovering your talents, and because of that, he's all over the place. He's just after the money now. If I can just make twenty bucks an hour, that's all I'm looking for. Well, don't do that because you could get the golden handcuffs on and be stuck in that job forever. But one of the other things, Noel, and I, I didn't warn you about me talking this through because I just hung up with a gentleman, the very, very successful man, and now he's in his late 70s and he's thinking about writing a book. And I said, well, why haven't you written one before now? Because I know you've talked about it for 20 years to me. And he said, I do know why. And I said, why? And he said, because when I, when I was in high school, I quit. I quit after the 11th grade. And he said, and I have had shame around that ever since. And I said, why do you think so? And he said, because I didn't go back to school. I didn't go back for anything. I just built a very successful life for myself. And so I said to him, how important today in your business, because he's hiring people all the time, how important is it that you look at a college degree over somebody that maybe didn't get through high school? And he said, that's a tough one. Because I see that they got all the way through to the end. And my question for you, Noel, is how important is a college degree today, do you feel, in this whole job market? 
Well, I think that's a good question because on a resume, it can sometimes be the make or break it of them withering down the pile, right? So they mm -hmm. may whittle it down mm -hmm. to, we will only accept applicants who have made it to a certain grade mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a company standard. I think a lot of it is when you are even in a starting position, many of them are expecting at least a two-year to four-year degree of some sort past your, your high school degree. But it all really depends on what industry you're in, because I do think everything you do is teachable. You can be as smart as possible. I mean, even my husband, who's an accountant, you can hire the top of the class, but you still have to be able to teach them how to do the day-to-day. -day. A lot of that is something that you learn simply by doing or to be a, a quick learner. It's not having just the school smarts and knowing how to get the good grades. So there is a fine line there. I really like that answer. And I didn't want to finish what the end of his story is because what he did say is exactly what you just said. He said, the way I whittle down all of the resumes that are in front of me is by going with the people that made it all the way through college. So he said, I'm going against everything that I believe in and that I am. But he said, it's the only way I can figure out how to get these 300 resumes for this one position down to at least 10. Isn't that something? And you said exactly the same thing. So for those of you out there wondering if you should go to college or do some other upper level skill set, I think the answer is yes. So Noel, I'd like really to come up with some gems that you just said. First of all, I think one of the biggest highlights of this for me, just talking with you, is you are a magical unicorn. Don't you know that? <laughs> you still are a magical unicorn. <laughs> so I want you to know that. And then I really liked your, your golden nuggets that you shared here. One of the things that you shared is really be open to the next level in your career. Because that's an opportunity that you, you grab, Noel. And a lot of people that I know, they just don't do that. They stay where they are because I know this. I know what to do on this. I think no matter, even though I'm kind of ready to move on, I'm not going to move on. And you seized the moment. And I'm really glad. I also loved when you said, just because you are just right out of college, you don't have to just go into what it is that you said you were going to do in college get to know yourself and discover your two or three talents that are just natural abilities for you. I, I think it's the best thing that anybody can ever tell anybody to do. I can't tell you how many people I say, what do you feel are three things that you're really good at? They, they seriously say, I, I don't know. I, I simply don't know. That's because they haven't done the work like you did. What did you say the name of that uh, book was or the class was? I think it was now discover your strengths yeah, and then they've come yeah. out with a new edition that's now I think just called strength finder. Yeah, that's it. That's really good. There's so many of them out there that, that you can use and get, a, you know, ahead in your career and you have to do it though. Somebody can't do that for you. So here's my last question, Noel. When did you learn that you were really this relationship person and this problem-solving person? Because now, of course, you're, you're a gift to this company because you're using those skills. Was it after you did the work or did, did you just learn that as you were working and, and figuring out? Because you are probably one of the greatest problem solvers that I know. And when I said you would be my phone a friend, you would be my phone a friend. I've, I've asked you for help before. So I really 
love that you're that problem solver, but when did that become very apparent that it was a natural ability? Well, honestly, I do think it is taking that test because one of the first items on the list, it ranks you of kind of which your top three in level of importance or in level of the strongest way you're kind of swaying. And number one was this one called woo that stands for win others over. And that that's what you like to do is win people over and have them like you immediately. That's very important to you. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, that's funny. And then you start going in your day-to-day life and realizing how much you do actually do that or how much I do truly enjoy meeting new people and having them like me or having them making that connection Mm -hmm. that really drives me and energizes me. Whereas other pieces of that don't really do that. And I guess I didn't realize that that was the energy point, what it was that was really pushing me that way. And the other one was having to do with, I'm I'm trying to remember, it started with an R, but it had to do with helping someone or finding a solution. Maybe it was resolution is, is what it was. And again, I didn't really realize that was something that was so important, but then day to day, once Mm -hmm. I find a problem, that's all I'm focused on. And I really love to sit there and solve it. And that just became more and more apparent once it was pointed out to me. That's just wonderful. I will put that in the show notes for sure for all of you listening so that you can maybe take start going into yourself, delving into yourself more, learning what you like, what you don't like. One of the things I just did with somebody a couple of days ago, and he said, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. I said, just put a line down the middle of the page. And on one side, I want you to put down everything you love to do. I don't care if it's cooking or cleaning, you know, or maybe it's something in your business world or something about going into a bookstore, whatever it is that you just love to do. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, time you for three minutes. And then he did that and he, he thought that was fun. And I said, now I want you to prioritize those. Just come up with the top three. And then he did that. And he, I mean, he just kept getting more and more clarity around what himself. I said, on the other side, I really want you to put down what really takes away your energy you know that every time you do this, you, it doesn't fill you up. It takes you down because this podcast for me fills me up always. But many times when I'm with a client, they don't, they take my energy away because they don't know what they're going to do and they won't move. They, they're stuck. They just won't move ahead. So I just want to ask you, what lights you up, Noel? Oh, I, you know, I think it is that, that day to day interaction with people. It's really making a difference and being able to make someone's life better or find a way to make their life easier in some capacity. Mm, that's wonderful. That part's always just so fun to to find or discover something that's, that's going to help someone and, and make them feel like you made their day just a little bit easier. Yeah, see, what a disservice I have been doing by not going out to the 84% of you. You you are representing all of those people so well today, Noel, and I'm just so proud of you. And what, what takes your energy away? <laughs> Probably getting lost in the minutia of details. I hate yeah, it when yeah. the hierarchy of things, that is the negative of working for a company other than your own, I guess, is having to deal with some of the politics and the just the way systems have to run or different kind of details that have to be done that take you away from what you really want to be focusing on. But again, you kind of have to balance the good with the bad. 
Yeah, that really does me too. I can't, I just cannot deal with that minutiae. Well, and I'm sitting here in my office right now and it looks like it's all minutiae because there's papers everywhere. But anyway, Noel, you've been delightful as I knew you would be. And I thank you so much for coming on and giving your, us your precious time and your thoughts. And, and I, I kind of went off on a little bit on things that I wasn't planning to do with you, but I had to. It was my, I had to do that. So until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noel Drain. Thank you for being on today. And Noel, once again, thank you for sharing with the audience your beautiful self. Oh, and thank you. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one, of course, goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it er earlier in the episode. But finally, I came up with another problem that I can solve, and it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now, I created a book called The Chosen Few, and I share a hundred tips that myself and others, other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it. Because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called <clears throat> When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.